This week on the show, we have Slow Beef, one of the main contributors to the English translation of Police Knots and a pioneer of the Let's Play genre. Why the fuck are we talking about the Snyder Cut? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut, uh, I haven't seen it, but I have a pretty good feeling it's going to make me feel the same way MGS4 did. For four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Fingers. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. I have a I have a funny story about an ancillary to the Snyder Cut, but you know, it's like a nice aside maybe, and then you know I can get back to it. But anyway, sorry. Oh, go ahead with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't know we started yet or anything. I'm sorry about that. No, I was going to say, so, because I haven't seen the Snyder Cut or Justice League, and, like, I was reading the original, yeah. I mean, like, the Whedon one, you know? Um, and I was reading online, people would be like, well, nobody would watch this if they didn't watch the original. I'm like, I absolutely would, because I'm on top <laughs> yeah. of nothing. I'm like a dad now. It's so, like, so, Infinity War was the second Marvel movie I saw, and, like, Endgame was the third one, and, like, for me, it's just like, I'm never going to watch 20 movies. Yeah. It's not going to happen, you know? So I might as well just see what everyone's going on about. I saw it on like on a, on a plane and on a phone. It was like awful, <laughs> the worst experience. I liked it, but like, but what's funny is like really big Marvel people like kind of hate me when I tell that story. So like I was with like a vendor, like with our company, like we're paying them for stuff. And I was like, we're at like a dinner and I told them that. And the guy goes, that was stupid. <laughs> And then, like, he suddenly realized, like, he's supposed to be nice to me. And he's like, well, I mean, you know, if you have to do it. I'm like, I don't, I don't care, dude. Whatever. It's fine. But, like. You're still getting paid. Don't worry. Yeah. So I might see the Snyder Cut, even though I've, I've not seen Batman and Robin, like, Justice. I haven't yeah. seen anything. But, yeah. you know. Somewhere yeah. David Lynch's ears are burning over that watched a movie on a cell phone comment. <laughs> it's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. <laughs> get real i have to my wife my wife's not into comic book movies at all so it's like i have to watch everything on a plane i saw like half a black panther i think dr strange i just skipped skip 20 minutes of because i was gonna land you know but you know it, it works sometimes that's like trying to get somebody into metal gear though you're like all right so there's about 13 <laughs> games you need to get through it's like okay Oh yeah, no, you're you're screwed on Metal Gear. Even like showing somebody the or, like the movie version, you're like, all right, so this is nine hours. It's fine. It's just Metal Gear Solid One, okay? Just trust me. I know it's like four hours of just people like chatting, and there's just like pictures and not much to look at. I know it looks like shit. I, yeah, I know he doesn't yeah. have a face. Yeah, just his head moves up and down. I'm sorry. This is what you're watching. Here's the pitch. <laughs> I just I just had an idea. What kind of okay? This is this is probably bad given some current events that I may or may not have heard, but. Can you imagine showing someone the Metal Gear series through DSP playthroughs? <laughs> now that's oh an God. angle. <laughs> Sorry, that's oh I'm I'm actually I've never seen any of the DC stuff myself. So mm -hmm. except for Wonder Woman. I saw Wonder Woman. Um so I think oh, I'm gonna go one. into it the same way. Yeah, I like the good one. Uh the 7.5, if you will. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I don't know anything about these movies except for the memes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just want to jump I'm, in and, and see if I can swim with the current. I know you're, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Like I know the Martha thing from Batman versus Superman yeah. and I watched the fight on YouTube 
and like first I watched the crappy cell phone bootleg version on YouTube because again I'm not gonna get to so I'm like all right I'll, I'll you know and it's good good fight you know and then I like watch it again with whatever but like I love watching Batman Superman fights just because it's all about like I want to see how Batman's gonna win this like it's not interesting if Superman wins it in like two minutes mm-hmm. you know what I mean like which is what would really happen but I think that's what everybody's like big complaint with Superman is it's just like he's boring because he's just like goddamn omnipotent like he, he just he can like fuck up anything he's just like the ultimate powerful thing except the green stuff messes with him but i don't know it's like a personality test right like an int j thing except like do you like superman like really okay so you're a superman fan yeah. interesting you know but like yeah i i don't really i don't know they, they redid the um the frank miller one and that they animated it mm-hmm. like apparently there's like an animated dark knight returns which was like the original batman versus superman and i'm like old school so i really like that one but uh yeah that one was good know. Yeah. A question a buddy used to say was like, he'd, you know, I'd ask him, like, who do you think would win between, you know, X and Y? And he'd go, well, who's writing it? You know, it's just like, well, who's writing the comic? <laughs> you know, it doesn't fucking matter. One of them can figure it out. Like, you know, especially with Batman, it was like, well, you know, Batman can figure out the weakness. He's tactical, he's got money. See, that. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's kind of what I like about, like, I'm a simple man with my Metal Gears, you know, where I like the villains and how Snake can yeah. defeat them, you know, where, like, they're, like, kind of like little super villains, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, like, because I know everyone's kind of become, like, Renaissance-like, sort of, I like two, and I'm just, like, I don't know, Dead Cell never did it for me, you know, like, it was just three of them, and, you know. That's a great title. That's our title. Dead, Dead Cell, Cell never did it for me. I'm gonna write that down. Okay, sorry. Keep going. It's better than mine. Mine was like solid Batman or something. But anyway, yeah, Snake's Batman, pretty much. Yeah. Well, it's like because they had like who were the two cut bosses? It was like Old Boy, who was like a Nazi, and then Chinaman, who had the name. And I'm like, I just want more bosses. It's okay. Oh, just man. put them in. It's fine, Kojima. But I know money and stuff. And I, I mean, the beauty and the beauty and Beast Core was like interesting, but I couldn't get. In, I liked Raging Raven, but I couldn't yeah. really get into them like I could with the Cobras and with um. Foxhound in the first one. Like, I just love that. Like, Ninja Scroll is one of my favorite animes because it's pretty much yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's like, fuck, you're seven <laughs> freaks and this guy fights him with a sword. <laughs> Do it. I'm like, this is my jam. This is good. This is like, yeah. Yeah. God, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah. Just that that villain squad in, in, uh, in Ninja Scroll is just this, like, what the fuck are these guys? Like, yeah. It's a good crew. Yeah. You're like Batman's kind of there because it's like Mr. Freeze. Like, how's he gonna handle that? And it's like, and a guy who's like a penguin. Like, well, like he could probably handle <laughs> that, but still, it'd be interesting, you know, that kind of thing. But shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> it's funny that you should say that because when you were talking about like Snake trying to like being intuitive to defeat, you know, Dead Cell or or not Dead Cell, sorry, Snake being intuitive to beat a uh, Foxhound. You reminded me mm-hmm. of the the Mr. Freeze fight in the Arkham yeah. Asylum game. And where it's like, you can't do the same thing twice. Yeah, that was a good boss fight. And I see a lot of parallels Mm -hmm. between what I appreciate in Metal Gear and what I appreciate in that series. No, I totally agreed. I think for me, that was what like Konami, like all the all the IPs like that they ran for a while were like damn good boss fights. Like if you look at, you know, Castlevania is another good example. Like they just always Mm -hmm. had really good, interesting boss fights. For sure. And I feel like that in a lot of ways, that's kind of what you build up to. I'm like pretending I'm a game developer right now, but you know what I mean? Like the whole level is up to like, hey, here's the big climactic, you know, showdown or whatever. Nitro's writing down what you're saying though, because he's he's a developer. <laughs> no, I've got good boss ideas. I'm I'm not sharing them with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's funny too that like the games are often defined by the bosses, and so MGS1 always stands out because each one had such a 
distinct personality and distinct mechanics. Mm. I mean, they were like Batman villains. You're right. Yeah. Um, you could say mm. MGS2 was kind of going for, hey, these guys aren't going to hit as hard because they're just stand ins. Right. Like that was the point. Yeah. Which yeah. which like the whole the Renaissance you mentioned. It's so funny mm. watching that having been around when MGS2 came out and knowing how that entire hype cycle went, like everybody hated on that game when it came out. And now everyone thinks it's freaking brilliant. Yep. Like, (laughs) like you guys, I'm seeing the same people who used to just like trash this game are now saying it's like, it's completely prophetic. I'm like, man, shut the fuck up. You hated it when it came out. (laughs) I will admit I was one of those people like, cause I loved snake and like the the years that happened. I remember cause I, I called out sick from work when, when sons of Liberty came out and I was playing through it. I did the tanker scene and I went to the bathroom and I brought the manual with me and I saw like, you play it, the manual kind of spoiled. Right. It. it says you'll play as snake during the tanker section and Raiden during the plant. And I'm like, what? Who the f- what's Raiden? And then like, what's Raiden? You know, it's <laughs> what's a Raiden? Yeah. It's like, it's Quentin <laughs> Flynn's voice. It's obviously not snake. And then I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm playing this guy for now. So let's go through this till I switch yeah. back to snake. <laughs> and like hours in, I, I, I DM'd my, I, I am'd my friend. This is how long ago it was. And I'm like, I don't, I think you play as someone different the whole time. Maybe not. Dude, everybody's had that moment where like you message your friend. Mm-hmm. It's like trial by fire. Yep. He's got his away message up and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> and then somebody, you, you introduce somebody to Metal Gear and then they message you about that. And you're just like, I'm sorry, I cannot disclose this information. But sorry, go ahead, continue. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just like, I was just like, you should know this going in. Like, it's weird. I wish I'd known. And then, like, even at the very end, when you're with Snake inside Arsenal Gear and he gets the sword, I'm like, maybe now I'll get to this. is how stupid I was. Like, maybe now I'll get to switch to Snake for like the last <laughs> minute of the game. But, like, you know, and obviously I've grown past that. But at the time I was like, oh, and then. Um, what's funny is I wish I could go back and tell myself because after like Metal Gear Rising, you know, I, w- I want to like go back to my old self and go that guy riding that you hit, you were going to fucking love him in 10 years. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that manual because I think we all had that moment of like, who is that guy? Yeah, I remember like people like. So I saw a thread like a few weeks ago, I think it was from Three Dog and it was talking about like, how did you feel when you first saw Arsenal Gear? Um, Mm -hmm. and the one thing that stood out to me about Arsenal gear was the juxtaposition between what you were, what you saw in the trailer, like that, that launch, like that, when you like started up the game, that intro trailer and Mm -hmm. what you ended up seeing, like in the actual context of that, that part in the trailer, what I'm talking about is the part where like Raiden and snake are like back to back. The tango are like tango are dropping down and, uh, when I saw it as a kid, mm. I was like, fuck yeah, Snake and this chick are going <laughs> to fucking kill it. I don't know where Meryl is, but I hope she's okay. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> and I almost wanted to reply to Three Dog in that thread about that. Like, he was talking about, like, surrealism and shit like that. And I was just like, yeah, I, I when I first saw it, I thought Ryan was, like, going to be the chick sidekick. Um, but to that point, like, I was I was in a weird bucket in a sense with that game in a sense that like I kind of hated it, but at the same time I loved the chaos it sowed. Mm-hmm. Like between the whole like no totally Raiden, like it kind of like got me into like weird subversive shit. <laughs> just just making people the, the the act of making people uncomfortable. There was 
uh, uh, this kind of like accidental bait and switch they did much later, which which killed me uh, because I'm still like at heart like Snatcher is my favorite Kojima mm-hmm. game and I love it to pieces. Oh yeah. And in when they revealed, I think it's Jamais Vu, the um, DLC for um, Ground Zeroes, yeah. right? Uh, right. Ground, yeah. Ground Zeroes, right? What happens is it starts out with like they play um, Creeping Silence, I think, from Snatcher, and they're talking about like the base in Cuba being taken over by Snatchers, and I'm like, <gasps> and I remember like. <laughs> <laughs> they say, and a man from a, like a different alternate future, and I'm like, I had like goosebumps. I'm like, oh my god, it's Gilly, and they're like, and it's Ryan. I'm like, no, it's so close. All right, we're still kind of there. Back to hating Ryan, but yeah, yeah, I was like, mm, you, ooh. it sees you again. Damn, <laughs> I know. Always, always, always a bridesmaid. <laughs> oh my god, I hear a really, uh, really stupid joke about that. The Jamais Vu thing was this weird. Um, taking an old Metal Gear community joke and making it real sort of situation. Cause um, I, I bring this up enough on the show, but had, are you familiar with, uh, it was an older website, Metal Gear Solid, the unofficial site. Do you remember that place by any chance? Um, it sounds familiar. It but, long story yeah. short, big community full of asshats. And we mm-hmm. had this joke that would <laughs> pass around anytime somebody asked a really dumb question about like, well, what's the meaning behind this? Or like, what do you think happened with this? And it was just anytime it was a dumb question, the response was, well, Snake is a robot from the future. So <laughs> there you go. Right. And so you get right. to Jamais Vu and it's like this man from a dark future and it's Raiden and his code name is technically Snake. <laughs> you know, So that was kind of funny. Mm hmm. <laughs> that's my dumb joke over isn't it like oh god now it's coming back to me isn't it like in the intro of that mission like he gets offered Raiden gets offered like a gun he's like no yeah. I yeah. don't need a gun oh no was it the sword actually gets offered and then oh he right has right the gun? right oh yeah, right, the other way around. yeah because they didn't want to put yeah. the whole rising engine in ground zeros yeah mm-hmm. I still want to play that old version of rising yeah they could give them like a base set of moves like they did in MGS2, you know, be satisfied with something yeah. like that, just to be able to use the sword still. But yeah, they kind of, no, they, they went the, the quick way with it. And they made them aliens too, which is weird. Well, they were like yeah. snatchers kind of, weren't they? Body snatchers. Well, that's mean, what they called they were, them, snatchers. Yeah, that's what it was. They called them snatchers. They played the music and everything. Yeah. I mean. But they weren't, they weren't th- snatchers. Yeah. I think there was some kind of reference to the plane crash. Uh, you know that like there's a, like, a plane crash that crashed near Cuba and that's where but like yeah I don't remember exactly like how they explained it or if there was a file or anything like that yo know? maybe or, that was the aliens that they're always like referencing throughout the series mm, <laughs> maybe yeah there's always this low key thread of like aliens exist in Metal Gear if it's like crop circles or area 51 you think that was the bright light that uh Campbell saw driving home. Yeah, I'll call it Cannon. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, that's right. That's what. Yeah, like um, or like the, or maybe it's all like a big Konami verse, and like that's the UFO endings of Silent Hill, or the Alien Siren, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? but I wish it was easier to get people into Snatcher. Serious. <laughs> Wasn't Solid Snake supposed to be in one of the the Silent Hill UFO endings? Yep. <laughs> Every time I say like some outlandish fact that I vaguely remember from Twitter, there's like dead silence and Nitroid's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Checks out. I don't remember which one. I think it was either three or four, but someone's going to correct me on that. Sure. 
Um, <laughs> won't be, it won't be me. I don't. I didn't remember that, but I can believe it. <laughs> it was back in the day when things were fun with Konami and all. But you know, what are you yeah. gonna do? Well, I wanted to ask you: Did you pick up the um the I guess the the PC Engine Mini Turbo Graphics Mini, whatever you want to call it? I didn't. Um, you know, I it's one of those things. It's like it's on my list, but uh, no, nah, I didn't. They're like Sna- crazy Snatcher expensive now, it, right? too. Yeah, Snatcher oh, was really? on really? Yeah, they. Oh wow. I guess they're not like they're off market now. So good luck getting one for under two hundred bucks. Right. But yeah, they I, put um, Snatcher CD Romantic on there. That's so it's so interesting because yeah, it's in it's in Japanese, you know, and like yeah, I remember um after Police Knots, uh, Laidlaw and I talked a little about like maybe doing um an English translation of the PC Engine version of Snatcher, and then like when you start a project, you get all these wild ideas like what if I get Jeff Lupin into like voice that one there's like one scene with him in metal gear like buying like a porno or something like that you know and then like <laughs> not that i particularly care about that one scene but it's just like just for completeness just to say you know that yeah. kind of thing but you know i i don't even know if you can find lucy childs or anything but i mean you could definitely get lupitan he did an ad for uh the rom 2064 guys i think yeah i think yeah he did and um i facebooked him he actually somebody got him to do the intro to my old podcast for uh for retsu talk and um like as a surprise kind of thing and like i was like oh my god uh it was like amazing and uh i actually contacted him on facebook because um i I still stream and stuff and my sub notifications are david Hayter and um oh god i'm totally blanking uh campbell i can't think of his voice actor right now um Paul Lighting. Paul Lighting, yeah. 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 And like, they, you know, they'll say like, you know, like, you're the lighting in this stream or whatever. Well, lightning actually. <laughs> Hater, got, Hater got my line wrong on Cameo. But at any rate, I asked Lupin, Lupin if he would do it on Facebook. And he, like, he wanted to charge more money than Hater on, you know, which I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I love Jeff Lupin and I'll pay for that. But I'm also like, wow, really, dude? Like, more than Hater? You sure? But no, I don't know. You didn't know. Um, what do you call it? Yeah, he uh, it, he called it. So I got I got them to do that because I'm a big fan, and uh, you know, of all like it's it's just it's really weird because the first time I got his like voice lines back, and it's like really weird to hear David Hayter say like slow beef, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I can't I can't publish this. This is too no, weird. You that know, was but. us last week when we uh did that voice intro. We had Tommy Earl Jenkins from Death Stranding on, and oh, uh, that was so wild, dude. That he, was so like just surreal. Like yeah, it was just like wow, that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He recorded an intro for us, and just hearing our names, I felt like a porter. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was so down to do all that though too. He was just like, yeah, man, with like you know whatever you guys want to come up with, you know. So shout out to Tommy Earl Jenkins. He was he was so fun, for real. He was like my my, my favorite part of Death Stranding, truthfully. Yeah, I mean like all right, not I mean the gameplay was good too, but like <laughs> no, I I really liked. Uh, I really liked his like acting in it and everything. Like, I think he really did a good job with it, dude. And apparently, like, or, you know, he told us on the episode he did that scene in one take. Wow! Like, that's the that's the one that uh they, they like they did another one for safety, but like they didn't really need it. It was just like that was the first one they did, and they were like, "Holy shit!" So yeah, it's funny too because like it's it's not even ambiguous what scene we're talking about. Like, you know the <laughs> oh, one. Oh yeah, that's what what we mean? could like, put yeah. that one scene. Everybody's like, yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the right. Oscar goes to yeah, seriously, right, exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. Lucy Childs. Um, I tried to to find her reason. That sounds really creepy putting it like that. But, uh, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Though, yeah, in a, um, fan, in a fan way. Yeah, and <laughs> well, I guess she's like an like an acting teacher now or something like that. 
No kidding. Yeah. Interesting. I, I could be completely wrong about that. It's been a while, but like I was wondering like, wow, where are all, where are all these voice actors now? Yeah. Well, some of them I feel like were just like random. Because like, Lynn Fusener, I've never heard of her doing anything else. And, you know, she was in right? So like, you know, I kind of feel like maybe she knew. <laughs> no, I don't know. But uh, um, uh, what was I going to say? Like, but like the one guy, uh, Ray Van Steen did like a bunch of voices. So I feel like he must still be doing things, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. But I'm a terrible fan. I haven't kept up with any of that stuff, but you know. Nah, I don't feel too bad. <laughs> I mean, at least you're not on the other side of the spectrum, like shipping people or shit like that. I don't know. I mean, you know, I draw the fan art, but <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so Gotta make those commissions. Right. <laughs> well, I do it for I do it for the love of the ship. No, um, no, I'm just totally, I'm totally kidding. A lot of the uh, the Japanese voice cast have passed away, though, haven't they? Or at least a, like a few of them. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I'm sorry, I made that dark. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's fine. Any, anything to get us out of shipping talk is, is, is worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of wonder sometimes what like a like an English dub of Police Knots would even sound like. Because there was there was a, a a localization planned for that originally, wasn't there? Yeah, I I've never gotten the real deal, like why they never did it. But like having dug into it internally, like the whole thing with like the animation wouldn't sync up. Like I actually do kind of believe that because if you were to do like a fan dub thing, that is like far and away the hardest like yeah. thing to fix. Almost definitely. It's like all comp. Yeah, it's all compressed, like, hand-drawn animation. Like, I don't know how you would even, like, do it outside of, like, really cheap and lazy kind of, like, 80s anime. Like, just repeat, like, one mouth motion over and over <laughs> again while someone's talking kind of thing. You know, so, yeah, I, I don't know any way to do it to make it look good. And not to mention, like, all the other, like, technical things. Like, a lot of people ask us about that, but it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, there's no way in the world I'm spending, like, a year of my life again on the, yeah on that part of it you can read subtitles i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i mean i know everybody in there like, has everybody has asked you about this but like how the hell did you pull that off so um i i actually i wrote it up and uh it's one of them, uh this, this is totally free to read also it's on the lp archive um lparchive.org um i wrote this eight part thing called tales of rom hacking but basically um I was, I did, uh, so I was doing Let's Plays and stuff. I was a server-side Java developer at the time. And um, when I was working with Chunker HQ, I kind of figured they, did, they wouldn't want to give me the whole script to do a, a screenshot Let's Play of it. Um, but I was like, let's just do the prologue and see where it goes. And then I'd ask Mark about it because I was a programmer. So I'm like, what is exactly the problem? Like, why can't you fit the English in? He's like, well, it's too big. I'm like, but like, what does that mean? Does it crash? And if so, like, why would it crash? And like, the thing is, he didn't know. But like, I got really interested in it. And I remember what really got to me about it was I was on, I remember distinctly, I was on the boardwalk in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, and their old programmer left. And I was like, well, why don't I just ROM hack the stupid thing? <laughs> and then my immediately, my immediate thought was like, no, like that's beyond you. You can't do that. And it's like, it's really kind of sad whenever you have, like, it's, it's a rare thing. I hope never happens to anybody when you have that notion of like, you can't do something like it's beyond your capability. And like, I kind of sat there, not depressed, but it like bummed me out. And I worked with them for a little while longer. And I remember I was outside smoking at work once. And I was like, you know what? Okay, maybe I can't ROM hack the game. I'm not good enough for that. But maybe I can get them past their one part that they had trouble with. So I did some research. And like, it was just one of those things that like, 
I started doing little by little and like I like figured out where I saw the word beyond in English and the subtitles in the opening movie. So I found that and I changed it to Sion, like one letter off. And I showed Mark. He's like, yeah, but it's when it's bigger. And then like I or no, it was like not in the movies. We got those. It's in the actual game. So I did it again when I saw Beyond in the game and I changed it to Hello, Mark. But this time I changed Japanese. <laughs> I figured out the common tables. And he's like, when they no, it's got to be bigger. And then I came up with this idea of like, you know, and I, I go into the technical specifics, which like I, I don't know how much you want me to get into here, but yeah, like, go for it. OK, so um, uh, Japanese tends to be like two byte characters, meaning like rather than just one byte letter like we have in English, they'll have like two because they have to fit in hiragana, katakana, kanji, etc. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when they want to put in English, so what happens is to um, take a step back, um, you know, a lot of like modern computing and stuff came from America. And the idea is like Microsoft actually um, invented Shift-JIS, which is a standard way of encoding Japanese in computers. So they put ASCII, which is American's, uh, American standard code for information interchange. They put up English in the Japanese font, basically. So 90% of like ROM hacking projects have been on it, which is not a lot. I shouldn't say it like 90%, but I'll say a, there are a lot of them use Shift-JIS as the encoding. And that means you get English in the font with you, you know? So that's at least like one thing that's kind of quote unquote done for you. Gotcha. And English in police knots always started with the number 80. So... I was like, you know what? You could pack twice as much in there if you got rid of that number 80, just put in the English and have the program automatically do the 80 for you. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I could do that. And it took a little doing. I had to like kind of ask people on the board, like, okay, I got the PlayStation op codes. I put in the RAM here and it kind of does that. Um, and I managed it. And then I showed Mark, like, look, here's a sentence that's twice as long in the same amount of space. He's like, okay. And, and then at that point, I started to get confident. I'm like, I'm not totally sure I could do this, but I'm willing to give it a shot. So they like contacted the old programmer. I um, talked to a friend of mine who did programming and we were like, all right, let's, let's give the police knots from hack one more shot at it. Um, and basically it was like, first of all, that whole thing I did funnily enough, like it didn't even, you didn't need it. Cause it turned out if you got rid of that 80 anyway, Konami put it in for you. So I was like, all right, well forget it. But at least it got me on the project. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so like, it ended up being like a huge technical challenge because it was like a compiled like bytecode script that you couldn't like really disassemble. So like I remember like the old the, the guy who worked on it previously was like I could squeeze parts in, but like if it the problem is if it gets too big, it tries to read the scripting language that tells it how game events work. So it'll be like, all right, look, there's a bounding box over here that's supposed to be the lamp. If you click on it, I want you to print sentence one. And Kojima being Kojima, like, there's five different things that happen if you click <laughs> yeah, on this lamp. Right. And it's either if you, like, look at it, like, three times in a row, or if you look at the other thing before you looked at the lamp. Yeah. But then you looked at the other thing before the other thing, then the lamp. Times, like, a million for, like, one friggin' scene in the whole game, you know? So, yeah, like, there's so many trees in that game where they're just, like, branched off for sure. Exactly, yeah. And it's like all the text is together, but there was like no great way of figuring out where one sentence began and ended because like that part's all in the scripting part of it. You know what I mean? It says like jump to like this this like letter in the whole like corpus, like jump to letter 323 to get the second sentence. So if you swap out Japanese for English, all the starts and ends of the sentences are different. Basically, it's like if you were to translate a reference book from Japanese to English, 
if you think about it, you know the index where you'd look up what page everything's on? That's yeah. all different now. Like all the pages have shifted around. But the thing is with a computer program, it's using the index to look up stuff it needs. So you can't just change things around to be done with it. You have to figure out where in the index things were pointing and like change that accordingly. Oh, you know? Fuck. So you have to figure out what you're writing. And that's in a standard ROM hacking project. But police knots, everything was in the script. So you had to kind of figure out <laughs> the way they coded the index, which I never did. So I did, a, I did a trick where basically um, if you go to the page the old index was pointing to, I would like insert a thing really quickly that said, actually go to page like 343 instead. <laughs> and it would jump there. It, like a choose your own adventure book. Right I was now. just thinking that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to tell the text reading thing like, hey, if you see something that says go to the other, just ignore that. And like I called it the Dash for double addressing with text chaining and um, hack. And uh that like got rid of that part. And then this guy Starboy I brought on, he figured out the subtitle thing with um because subtitles were all in this one giant file. And it's like, here's all the audio, here's some text in with the audio. And he figured out all this stuff, except there was like one, there were two cases on one on each disc where the English was just too big. And I remember I encountered that at Starbucks because I was at, I would do, I wanted to get out of the house when I like program this stuff. So I would just like bring my computer, my laptop there. And like, um, and they got to know me. I got free coffee. It was, it was anyway, I just, whatever. I just picture um, like some lady trying to sell you on Amway and you're just like, ma'am, I'm trying to translate a Kojima game. Sorry. Oh my God. One, guy, one time this guy with no pants, like kept bothering me. It, this is totally true. I was like, I was outside smoking and this guy comes up and his pants are like, crazy ripped whereas like legs are just kind of exposed you know and he's like hey how you doing and i'm like hi you know and then <laughs> i was outside smoking with the barista because i was i was like there like every day working on police knots you know like I'd, I'd come home from work i'd eat dinner i'd go to starbucks for like two hours and work on it or longer sometimes and like and i remember the barista who I was smoking with, she was like excuse me sir like you can't come in like that he goes what do you mean she goes you got to wear pants he was like oh okay he goes to his he, he drove there. He goes to his car. He goes back. He's got all safety pins on his pants. So, oh my god, I'm back. I'm back. Like he safety pinned them to make them kind of pants. So, I'm back in and I'm trying to work on the game. And this was toward the end too, when I was like, like we were in beta and I was trying to get it to run on my PSP and stuff. And like, he's like, "What you got there?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm just working yeah. on stuff." He goes, and like he saw, he's like, "Oh yeah." And I was talking to somebody on Skype, and he's like, "Is that a program you can call people?" I'm like, "Yeah, you can." And he's like. <laughs> Why don't you call somebody right now? And, you know, like, I'm usually, like, really kind of nice even with this stuff. But I was like, sir, I'm sorry. I'm, like, in the middle of something. He goes, well, I don't mean to bother you. I'm like, well, you kind of are bothering me, actually. And he's he's like, well, you know, I mean, you got to, like, be able to talk to people and stuff. I'm like, all right, listen, I'm going to go, okay? So, like, I just, like, went next door to, like, there was, like, a bar next door. So I was like, fuck it. And then, like, apparently he was, like, telling the barista, like, I don't know, like, what some people are just doing to computers, I guess. And, like, she was like, I wish you hadn't left because if you said you were bothering him, I could have thrown him out. I was like, well, you could have thrown him out anyway. He didn't have pants on, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah. At any rate, it it was a ROM hack driven by just tons of coffee and just like just being too <laughs> too stubborn to quit. I guess. You Man, know? I'm starting to understand why Toki Memo hasn't been translated yet. You know, it's. I think it's the same engine too, because it's like. I mean, I remember um, the end credits. We never really fixed because that I I. I, they must have given it to some intern who didn't know what they were doing. And I tried to transplant the ending thing 
from Tokimeki to Police Knots because it was the same kind of file. And I was just like, maybe we'll just get lucky and copy it over and it'll work. Because the end credits broke, like hard crashed PSX, the emulator at the time. And um, EPSXE didn't do it right either. And it's it's just, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's like, it it does this insane thing where PlayStation had like 320 by 240 uh, resolution, which was like what most of the games ran, but it could also go to 640, 480. So Police Knots runs 320, 240, except when you beat it. And then suddenly the end credits are like, let's go up to 640, 480. Let's double that resolution. <laughs> and I don't mean the ending movie, mind you. I mean the little scrolling, like who made the game, the text. But what's really nutty- You gotta is see Kojima's actual... name in as high a quality as possible. <laughs> well, what, here's the nutty part. The, the actual graphics they use, because they don't type it. I don't know why. It's just, it's graphics. They drew it out, you know, um, of like all the names and everything in Japanese. It's in like 320 by 240 like assets. So like it would look really small. So then they blow it up by 2X to make it work in 64480. <laughs> but like that is exactly the same as just showing it in 320 in the first place. So like I was like, I can't believe they did that. And even worse, it broke the friggin' emu the fucking emulator. I don't know, I'm with kids too much. I censor myself. But um like so it's like it's so aggravating because everybody blames the ROM hack for stuff like that. You know, they're like, oh, you couldn't figure out the end credits. It's like, no, I figured it out. Konami's the one who fucked it up. You know, <laughs> Right. Like, and it's like, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, I was going to say, like, you hear all these stories about how developers, you know, particularly I think of stories from like, you know, Blizzard, Bethesda, places like that, how they finagled programming for certain like gameplay elements. In the back of your mm -hmm. mind, you're thinking like, holy shit, how's somebody going to like archive if we have to one day emulate or archive these things you know how are we gonna re recreate this this janky shit <laughs> my my favorite like like behind the scenes story is sim city for maxis back in the day on dos used to crash when you exited the game <laughs> and it would have like some error message like memory access whatever so they changed that text to thank you for playing <laughs> sim city oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's all it's all toothpicks and bubblegum. Like you ha I used to have this thing in my mind like, oh, you know, like it's Konami, it's triple A, you know, it's gotta be like really well done. And then you kind of dig under the hood and you're like, nah, they they suck just like anybody yeah, else. They're, it's like, you they're, know. Just, they're, they're people. They they poop just like us, they make mistakes just like mm -hmm. us. You can yeah, edit that out. They fingers. cut corners. <laughs> Konami poops too. That's their title. No. <laughs> no, we can't do that. I'm keeping that. <laughs> Didn't police knots like their whole process have like a special name or something? Like, oh, what was it? It's in the police knots.net glossary. Like there's a there's a name for the type of game it is. Sort of like how um, oh, Shenmue yeah. had like like free or like something yeah, eyes or yeah. whatever. I can't remember what it stands for. Multi-process story. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what they called it. Yeah, like yeah, and it's like it's like you're on a train and you can look at different things. Like Police Knots is very linear, and yeah. it's like I almost feel like Snatcher is closer to an adventure game than Police Knots, you know, which is like fine. That's what they were going for, or whatever, you know. But it's not a pyramid um, scheme; it's multi-level marketing. That's yeah, what I hear like, when I hear that. <laughs> So like there's like no like the inventory, you know, you can like look at the items you pick up and stuff like that's totally fake in police knots like the game is so linear. It knows exactly yeah. what items you're supposed to have. So it just has like little flags if there's something you pick up in that scene that'll turn on and off. But it doesn't actually remember the things you picked up. It just yeah. goes to the next scene. And you're like, I know you're going to have those. Oh, things. wow. Really that's deal. interesting. Yeah, it's a very curated experience where a snatcher you can kind of you have to kind of 
work your way through it a bit more. So right, like Snatcher, you can. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just wanted to like ask, kind of, I'm kind of a novice with this stuff. So basically, what you're saying is, instead of the items being like actual objects that you know were associated with your character with like whatever point you're in the story, it was like, okay, you're in scene 24B. Therefore, like you see these items. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's like behind the scenes, like Snatcher, like let's say like um trying to think of one of the items. Like um I don't know. You uh you the photo you get a photo from Katrina Gibson's house of her father to show people. And the idea is like maybe on the back end, there's like a series of flags for all the items in the game that are like true or false, depending on if you've got them. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the game, if you check your inventory, it'll like check all the flags to see what you're supposed to have. But police knots doesn't even do that because it's like it just knows and scene to scene. Like once you're like in you know um bcch it's like i don't even have to check anything because i already know if you're here you have x y and z right yeah maybe yeah exactly yeah so that seems completely different from like other like point and click type games like like maniac mansion comes to mind with that inventory it was like huge and like no matter you know you could pick up a lot of it and a lot of it was just junk items that would just you know they were there they had no purpose and they would just fill up your inventory but they mm-hmm. were they were definitely like their own slot because like they they showed up in like the order you picked them up and it was all just completely nonlinear. So that's yeah, Snatcher is a lot more like a scum game. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's it's tricky too because you end up with a bunch of like logistical things like um like Walking Dead syndrome and Sierra games where like if you missed an item you needed to have but had no way of getting back to it like you have oh, no yeah. way that's, of finishing the that game. That was what I was gonna bring up. Like it's kind of ironic because that's what I affiliate like adventure like text adventure games with, and that's something you mm, most yeah King's Quest would fuck you up. That's something you most definitely <laughs> oh, yeah. cannot do with the way like the algorithm on how the algorithm with police knots works yeah exactly there's like um i remember there's this really crappy uh game called sprung for the nintendo ds that like had items it was like awful it was like ubisoft trying to get into the dating sim market and completely oh, like just, it's so bad um i did like a let's play of it once to make fun of it anyway but like uh uh um what was i trying to say oh yeah so like they completely messed that up where if you didn't have an item they need they would just give it to you with no explanation like all of a sudden be like <laughs> you have the rose you're like how did I get that? Who cares? Next scene, you know? So I was like, all right. But that was their way of fixing it, I guess. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, adventure games are pretty much limited to, in- like, true adventure games are pretty much, it's indie or nothing at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's actually, there's a company called Wadget Eye Games that makes really good stuff that I'm, like, always interested to play. Um, they oh, made they a cool did, cyberpunk. Um... Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I know which one you're going to bring up. Yeah, go ahead. Gemini Rue? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a let's. I read a let's play of that, a screenshot one back in the day, and they have a game now called Unavowed that's supposed to be really good. But um, yeah, they have they have really good stuff. So like, I know Telltale was like kind of the big one, and then they went under. So it's a it's a tricky market, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I, I loved what Telltale did. Yeah, I mean the appeal's not there like it used to be. Yeah, you could sort of argue that like L.A. Noir was drifting into that territory. I had a great. I didn't finish that game. I liked it, but um, it was one of those ones. You, you never like finish a game like not for any like, reason or another. It's just like one of those I put down and never picked back up. Yeah, there was really a game uh, very recently called uh, Thimbleweed Park. I think it was like 2017 oh, yeah. when that came out, yeah. and that was like a throwback to like that classic like Lucas Arts style scum game, and and that held like it held up really well. Like I I enjoyed playing through it, and like you know some of the puzzles were kind of like you know the the moon logic type shit, where it's just like what the fuck. 
Like, <laughs> I, I miss that type of stuff. Whereas, like, where I played through Police Knots and Snatcher, it really wasn't too much of that kind of thinking. A lot of it was more, like, just logical. Like, oh, okay, yeah, th- that makes sense. And just, like, deducting yeah. stuff. But One point I wanted to make was there's, there's one series that's getting, um, I guess, ported over from Nintendo that I'm kind of interested in. It's called the Famicom Detective Club. Uh, it's oh, getting yeah, like it's getting that. a lot of hype. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I was hoping you guys did, but I guess not. <laughs> um, I, I did see something about it, just like that one trailer, and it, it looked pretty neat. Right. I, I like those like mystery type adventure games. They're always fun. I think that was like the only thing that I was hyped about mostly in that <laughs> uh, that direct. But in any case, the other thing I was thinking about, and I know it's nothing like an adventure game or a visual novel, but I get like the same vibes and energy out of it. Is um. I, I play Until Dawn the same way, where it's like, I fuck around, I find out, I get I screw over characters or screw over sequences. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, like, it, it you get permadeath there, but there are certainly things that you could do to, to screw yourself over. Um, so even if it's not I'm like, probably going to get yelled at at this, but when I saw the, the Detective uh, series, the Nintendo one... Uh, I confused it with the Portopia serial murder case at first. Oh my god! Well, I'm sorry. Once again, Nitro had taken it to the dark side. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I I like I like that that whole. I know, I know we're totally off the tangent with police knots at this point, but I, I do like. No, we're good. We're on adventure games. I do like you know. I do like it when adventure games, novel games, they they get oppressive on you. Oh, for sure, yeah. That was one thing with uh, Maniac Mansion. Like, you could really fuck yourself over in that game. Like, uh, one of the characters had a hamster. And you could go (laughs) in his room and take the hamster. Uh, And, you know, if he found out that you had the hamster, it was like, ah, whatever. And he would throw you in the dungeon. And, you know, that would be that. And you can get out of the dungeon by pressing the loose brick. Anyway, so you had three characters in that game that you could, like, rotate out, you know, who you were using. So if you put the hamster in the microwave and turn the microwave (laughs) on it explodes the hamster and then it's an item that you can pick up. And then <laughs> if you show mm-hmm. him the hamster, it just goes, Oh, okay, cool. And it just cuts to a fucking uh, gravestone, uh, like a tombstone outside. And then yeah, your character is permanently dead and you only have two people to work with. And there's like a bunch of other ways you can die in the game, <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. definitely the most notable one. And I used to do it all the time and it's hilarious. That's, but uh, I love I hamsters remember. in real life. So I would never do that. This sounds like this sounds like something that reminds me of a game, and this this sounds like something that's up Sloby Sally. Um, have you guys ever heard of Harvester? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I did a series on Harvester. Okay. I, like Harvester. I need to watch. I need to watch that. But uh, yeah, it also gives me the same vibes. It's an interesting game insofar as like I I can't really get a good read on exactly what they were going for in it because like some part of me is like maybe this is like a really serious commentary on like. American consumption of violence and like, right. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And video games and all that. And then another part of me is like, you know, I think they just thought of like really gross shit to put in their game and just did it. You know, it's like, it's really hard to know. And they never made anything else, you know? So it's yeah, like, so I just, I looked up the company and I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, this animation style looks like similar to something I used to play back in the day. It was like another type of adventure game, but no, it's, it almost looks like that, but like a Tim and Eric sketch. Yes. I was going to say it's very it, weird. It looks like like one of those bad Tim and Eric impersonators. That that's how the game operates. And yeah, the animation is incredibly janky. The animation feels mm-hmm. like a a ripoff of a Mortal Kombat game. Like 
It's it's all yeah. They're just like scanned taking in pictures of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that digitized. The part of like the part of me that like kind of like if you because you play Har- Harvester, it seems like there's a lot going on, you know, in terms of like the the shows you can watch and things like that. There's a whole second half of the game that takes place in the lodge, and it's all like really awful combat and stuff where it feels like kind of like unfinished and also kind of like they didn't really know what they were doing. Like if it weren't for that, I'm like, there is something here. This is a deep game. And then I do that. I'm like, yeah, maybe not. You know, I think it's just people fucking around. But um <laughs> Yeah. It's- Apparently it was like an anti video game violence game or something. Like they were trying to it said it like just some uh headline says in the nineties Harvester explored and condemned the dangers, quote unquote, of video game violence. Right. So just to give you a quick summary of the plot, it's about a guy named Steve who wakes up in a town. I forget what the town is called. Uh I think it's called Harvester, actually. Okay, yeah, the town called Harvester. And he doesn't know how he got here or who he is, but all he knows is he's gonna get married to some girl in like five days yeah. or some shit like that. So Mm-hmm. He goes around, he notices things are, like, incredibly violent. He notices that violence is pretty pretty ex- excused for the most part. Um, and that everybody doesn't really act normal. It almost is, like, twin peaky, in a way. Um, yeah. In any case, I-, I won't get too into the details. But what ends up happening is, uh, like Slobby said, he goes to the lodge... Um, the lodge is where he's supposed to prove himself to the town of Harvester, where he, like he said, he goes through like shitty combat <laughs> segments and he he learns about like the faults of religion and the faults of like childhood and the faults of parenthood or whatever. Anyways, uh, at the end of the game, he has a choice between sacrificing his fiance for the lodge or getting married to her. And you make that you choice. Can- what was that? I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say, you marry her and you guys live in Harvester forever. If you kill her, you go back into the real world, you become a serial killer, and he's all like, oh, I did it because of this game or something like that. So, like, what happens is, yeah, they get they, they basically reveal, like, you're in a virtual reality world that meant, meant to cre- make you a serial killer, and if you want, you can stay with Stephanie in this lie world forever or return to the real world as a serial killer. And then you do that, you're hitchhiking, you kill somebody, but then you're in, like, a bedroom, and this woman's like, Steve, like, are you still watching those violent Roadrunner cartoons? And he's like, Roadrunner cartoons? And he just starts laughing, and that's the end of the game. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, is this a commentary on, like, violence in media, or what's going on here, you know? And, like... Yeah, and like the thing is, like it, it it may it may very well be. I don't want to like discount anybody's artistic interpretation of the game Harvester, but like I like to apply Occam's razor to shit a lot, maybe more than I should. So I'm just like, is there shit here? Probably not, nah. But there absolutely could be, and I could just be an asshole about it, you know. Whatever. I have no experience with Harvester, and everything that all of you are explaining sounds like an adventure game made by Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> it's like um it's like ultraviolet twin peaks i'd say i think what's like neat about it is it's very disquieting not because it's violent just because it's like it's violent and like nobody everybody's in on it except you you know oh, which is like okay there's did you ever play doki doki literature club hell yeah yeah that yeah so <laughs> the the can we spoil that if we're spoiling harvester no but like there's there's a scene that really bothered me in loop two of it where, um, quote unquote loop two where like 
um, you're like, there's this girl, Monica, before you realize anything's up with her. And she's like trying to write you notes. Like, I think something's going with Tatsuki. And like, you have this feeling like at least like she's like seeing this too. But then she's like, yeah, something's really going on here. But now we can be together. And I had this like, just kind of like my heart kind of sank. Cause I'm like, oh fuck no. She <laughs> kind of shit. It was, it was really well done. I thought that part. And that's, that's another example of like uh, a good adventure game that kind of, or I guess visual novel that kind of like, is oppressive in a way mm. uh which is i know this is funny because it's the antithesis of police knots and we were all here really excited to talk to you about police knots and snatcher <laughs> uh because i haven't seen it but i know you did a let's play on snatcher mm-hmm. that's like kind of what that's like again the, the much longer version of the how i got on police knot story was like when i did a screenshot let's play of it i did this i was gonna have a surprise which is in retrospect stupid and not worth the effort and i didn't do which is i was gonna replace all the graphics with the playstation version of it you know mm-hmm. like to show people the 32-bit version of it which would have required me to play the game and capture everything i don't know why i thought this was a good idea but when i said <laughs> there might be a surprise in it like some guy named nacho box was like a full translation and let's play with police knots oh you shouldn't have and he was kidding but that put the idea in my head that'd be really cool if i could pull that <laughs> off and so I sat on it for years, but then like I thought of it again later and I was like, you know what? Let's let's talk to Junker HQ. And, and that's kind of like how this all got started. But yeah, I um back in 2000. Well, back in 2000, actually, I had a website called slowbeef.com where um I read like Sean Baby and Old Man Murray and like basically like video game humor kind of wasn't a thing because games weren't that popular except these guys like had this website where they would make fun of games and stuff and like i was like yeah, oh, i remember yeah. Sean baby yeah oh yeah no and i was like i want to do that too and i did like the, the, the deep cut mm-hmm. and like um uh so i had slowbeef.com and i wrote articles and it was like yeah some of it was okay and some of it not yeah you know i'm glad as i i'm glad i forgot to renew the domain but um i did this strategy guide which i put back up called uh slowby strategy guide to metal gear 2 solid snake which is like this like quote-unquote strategy guide because i liked metal gear solid one and two i love the games um but like i never understood like the missing one because i I, like who the hell's gray fox and like where's natasha come from and i'm actually still not clear on that but like um so i played through the msx version but i like kind of documented playing through it and stuff and like people liked it and stuff and then like when i kind of came across like the something awful let's play board i was like oh that's kind of like that thing i did and like i was like i wanted to do one on snatcher but i'm like i don't want to make fun of snatcher that game's great and like it never occurred to me I could have just done like, you know, like a thing that's like, hey, this game's really cool. You don't have to make fun of it, though, you know, because I'm an idiot, but whatever. You know? <laughs> um, it's funny you bring up the Metal Gear 2 strategy guy, too, because that's how I like first learned about you. That was the first thing I saw of yours. Yeah, like, I um I years actually, ago. Yeah, <laughs> I uh I think it's like one of those things like I yeah, like um it's a shame that like I lost the domain there and like what's funny is like i'm i'm very self-deprecating about brands and shit so like i contacted the people who own like slowbeef.com and i'm like how much do you want for that back and they're like we rate this site at like two thousand dollars and i'm like i'll give you 20 bucks for it <laughs> and then and then like i'll like forget about it and then like four years later or so or four or five years later i'll be like hey i'll, I'll buy this for 20 bucks off you and they're like we want like a thousand and i'm like i just gotta get unpopular enough that this like you know, <laughs> which is happening unfortunately so you know um no uh you're you're literally short selling your brand (laughs) i don't i don't get i don't give a shit um, no i don't know i you know like i uh i do like all the let's play stuff but like i i 
I know like a lot of people who do it for like I I got to go to um um off topic like the Rooster Teeth like Achievement Hunter like I was on their podcast and I did um uh Total Biscuits co-optional podcast you know back in the day and stuff and it's just like talk, I talk to like a, a lot of AAA people and like I don't know that I have the actual like stomach for it in the sense that like you really like your whole life is like making videos and topping yourself and like doing stuff like you know like when it was funny because like I've been doing like let's play stuff like for like 15 years and I remember um what they asked me on off topic like what's like the craziest thing you ever did for a let's play and like that same day when I was down there at Rooster Teeth they like had a pile of swords and the one guy Jeremy wasn't even being recorded picked up a sword and a taser and just shocked the end of the blade and he didn't realize that the electricity would go through into the handle so he tased himself <laughs> through the sword and he's like ah crap and I'm like, like, he just did that for fun. Like, there was no camera or anything. So given that context, when they asked me, what's the craziest thing you've ever done for a Let's Play? I'm like, fucking nothing. Like, <laughs> comparatively, I mean, I made a funny joke once, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, so, like, you know, I, um, but that said, I mean, it's it's so much, I, I, I love doing that kind of stuff. And I still like ROM hacking, but I'll, I'll probably never finish anything besides Police Knots. Yeah, I mean, even though I'm kind of, <laughs> done with one but you go ahead sorry how much do we have to pay you to get to work on toki memo though um i won't do i <laughs> so no I mean, I, uh, obviously i'm kidding but <laughs> no i mean like it's police not so you know um artemio should still have my code it's awful code too um i wrote it like some of it like 3 a.m and stuff you know i just wanted to get it done but like i remember like it's like one of those projects where like we all came together and like Scarboy like wanted to write his part in Ruby and I was big into Pearl at the time, which like I still think whatever. It's like a kind of a mess and the old programmer did C. So it's like a whole thing to jury rig to oh, jury rig together, but it worked, you know. Um but like I'm pretty sure Tokimeki Memorial like was the same engine. I feel like you could just redo it. Um I'm actually like I'm in alpha with Dead of the Brain this like old pc 98 game oh right which, um, right yeah there was all drama around that rom hack well not really like it's like that niche kind of drama if you like care about rom hacking kind <laughs> of thing where because i i've been working on dead of the brain for like a decade not like actively it's just one of those things where i'll like remember and i'm like i should work on that and i'll do a little work and i finally got there but a few years ago like three years ago um, my translator or the person who said they would uh he would translate it was like hey it looks like somebody released it and this guy retronomicon had a patreon where he translated old pc 98 games but um the controversy was like that he would use like machine translation google translation in his screenshots and people uh -huh. would say like are you google translating this and he was like no 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 those are just placeholders you know and it's like then he'd release it and it turned out like, hey, no, wait a minute. You are just like machine translating this. No, and like, here's the thing. It's like, I get, like, if we're really being totally fair about it, nobody's working on these PC 98 games. They have beautiful art and shit. And it's like, if that's the best you can get, fine. My, my issue was though that he took money from it on Patreon and he didn't disclose it. Well, there's this giant library in Japan that we never got. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah, that of the brain too. It's like the art is incredible. I'm not going to say the story is going to win any awards, but it's like kind of better than you'd think for like, it's basically like if Snatcher's kind of like like a Japanese Blade Runner, like Dead of the Brain is sort of like Night of the Living Dead, oh, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's another game by this. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say PC 88 games were just gorgeous for the most part. I mean, oh, yeah, uh, the title is hilarious, but there's a game called Jesus 2 that mm-hmm. is just beautiful. Uh, I, I, I streamed Jesus 1. I played Jesus. It's, 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 he's a good game. Title idea. I played Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. I played <laughs> Yeah, but um, so I, I'm technically still working on it. I, I just I need somebody to translate it. And, uh, you know, but that said, like, I don't know, I, I police not took a lot out of me. It was it was quite a project, you know, and it took out a lot out of Mark, too. And there's just like a point where you're like, I don't know if I ever want to do something like this again. But then, like, you know, the itch, the the itch gets you, you know, so. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But um. Yeah. So at any rate, I almost would say, too, if the guy were honest about doing machine translation or which I'm doing with Dead of the Brain, put stuff on GitHub where like it's like if somebody is like, hey, I'll machine translate it. If you ever have a better translation, here are all the tools you need to do it. You know, I think that would have been fine, even okay to like take money for on Patreon or something like that. I just think kind of like being dishonest about it and being kind of shitty when you were called out, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. And, you know, hey, look everybody's got a, you know, everybody like maybe overreacts. If he came out later and was like, I'm sorry, I'd be like, all right, come here, you big lug. You know, thanks for PC 98 translation, whatever. I, don't know, but. <laughs> I mean, there are so many people out there too, who would probably jump at the opportunity to get involved in a project like that. There's a lot, actually, you know, there's a lot, like I'm on a PC 98 discord and there are a lot of people working on games and stuff. Like, I think like romhacking.net is kind of the only like central place for it. But like, it's kind of an old website. It's still on forums. Like if you're not into it for one reason or another, it's like everything is so kind of loosey goosey. Like I worked on dead of the brain for years. And then after I joined this discord, somebody pointed out like that, like other people had had similar like engine kind of games that they had all tools for and stuff, you know, which like weren't applicable to me. But when I saw that, I'm like, Oh my God, this is great. I can just skip this whole thing and get it done. You know? But like, um, it's, it's interesting. Like how much of like a scene there is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's tons of just, like, independent people just, like, translating stuff, you know, there's, like, novels and, you know, all, all kinds of shit out there, so. That's the problem, and it's work. Yeah, I mean, the problem yeah. is that is to say is that it's work. <laughs> no, yeah, those people are the problem. Like, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can't right, exactly no. charge for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I yeah, you, you can't you can't get money for it or anything like that, you know, like. You know, Tomato, I think, did a smart thing where I think with Mother 3, he wrote like kind of a companion book to it, you know? So it's like, I think because I think he sold that, if I remember, like, yeah, obviously, like you couldn't buy his translation of Mother 3 or anything, but you could at least buy like his book and help support him that way. That was really smart. Yeah, he made like figurines for it and everything to like use in the in the illustrations. Yeah, I remember that was really cool looking. He absolutely like loved the shit out of Mother Three too. You know what I mean? Like that was absolutely a labor of love. So yeah, yeah I mean, plus let's be honest, we're never getting that game. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a damn good game though, man. Yeah, I liked and- it a lot. I was one of those people too. I never, I didn't play Earthbound growing up, so I only played it now, and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and then Mother Three. Yeah, God, imagine playing that as a kid. That would just destroy your mind. Oh yeah, no. yeah. I played Final <laughs> Fantasy six as a kid, so I think that's why I take everything like too seriously. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll uh, it'll it'll hurt you. I definitely no, played Earthbound as a kid, and yeah, that was uh that was interesting. Like coming from just like traditional RPGs, it was 
and also shout out to Earthbound for having the like the worst smelling promotional item ever. Um, it had uh, scratch and sniff stickers. I don't know if you guys have ever <laughs> seen that, Hell but they yeah. smelled like ass. Like that was like <laughs> so to this day some of the worst smells my nose has ever experienced. Um, one like was actually like just like fart smell, like it was like sulfur and all this stuff, and one was like a a bo type smell. Shout out to Earthbound. <laughs> that, that game's wild. That's like, you know, that game uh, was a trailblazer for sure. Just being like, hey, you can be a weird ass RPG. It's fine. My wife played that growing up. It's like nothing phases her now. Just yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, that was a good introduction and like a good shake up. It was like, oh, OK. One of the things I, I used to stream because like my when my kids were born, you know, they like babies like wake up whenever, you know. Yeah. And so I would just like I was I was holding my son while playing Earthbound and he was my infant son. And there's a scene where Ness is I forget exactly where he is, but he says Ness sees an image of his father holding him. And I'm like, oh, my, like I turn on my webcam and I'm like, I can't wait till my son when he grows up and gets into video games and I can tell him about this moment. And he's four and he has no fucking interest in video games whatsoever. Oh, bro. My six year old daughter loves them. And I'm like, you know, I have this whole bonding experience with you and you won't even play Mario Party with your sister. Bro, Jesus, you got to play bro. that as wedding, though. Do do you at this moment look like a phone? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's all he's gonna know about me now <laughs> I'm just yeah, not to pull a ness's dad on that <laughs> here's some money or whatever your money's in your account about. but yeah well, i was gonna say you uh you and nitroid have a lot of that in common not necessarily in the video games like you know his i think his sons do like video games but um mm -hmm. Like they couldn't they, give a shit about, Metal, about Gear. Metal Gear. Yeah, he's just nah. they don't give a shit about Metal Gear. Their dad is just the guy that rambles about Metal Gear all the time. Like, <laughs> how, how old are your kids? Uh, my kids are 12 and nine. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, both boys. And the wow. older one is really into model ships and the younger one is really into Fortnite. Well, you know, I'm all Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> My daughter is like talks a lot about like Roblox and Minecraft. So, you know, yeah. one day a future streamer. I tried to show them Metal Gear and they were just like, Dad, why are you showing me this old crap? And I'm just like, oh, my God. I failed as a father. <laughs> Gear. Oh my! When I was a kid, I was like, nothing was cooler than Metal Gear. Just like it's like Zelda, but you're 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 an army guy. It's yeah. great. You know? <laughs> Although my oldest son really got into that SOS game on the SNES, where you have to escape a ship. Have you ever seen that? Oh, um, no, I don't think I have actually. It's a really Pitcher hard game. Out. It's got a lot in common with like Another World, where it's Ooh, sort of yeah, um, that's hard. You <laughs> know, trial by fire, and you you figure it out by failing a lot. And so everything's yeah. just like biting yeah. at your heels the whole time. You're just like, well, fuck, 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 fuck. It's really <laughs> interesting because you're in this sinking ship that's, you know, sort of made to look like the Titanic. And um, it starts to sink and the ship will sort of like capsize and turn. And while you're playing, the entire map will like invert and go upside down or vertical. And you, you're trying to like navigate the ship at certain times and rescue people and get them out. And it's like it's really tense and you're on a time limit. Like it's somewhere in between Another World and Clock Tower in terms of gameplay. Huh. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And he got into that for a yeah. while. So that was I miss cool. that one. That sounds cool. Yeah, I got to check that one out. Yeah, got a link it to us. Oh. Really hard. I died in like five minutes. This does look like an, I see like how they're using mode seven here to like rotate the ship around yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that was like a th like back in the day. It was like and you, like you can't make a game <laughs> on our platform. You're not rotating something. You know, it's got to be some <laughs> pixely rotation happening or else. 
you know. But I was all for it, too. I was all about it. Like, Super Castlevania 4, that one stupid spike room. I'm like, that's great. That's rotation. You know? <laughs> Beat that, Genesis, you know. I was like the worst fanboy. Like I was, I, I had Genesis and I really liked it. And then Super Nintendo came out and I'm like, I like it better. You know, like I was just like, whatever, I, whatever I played last. It's last you know. processing. What's that? <laughs> I, when I played Rambo three on the Genesis with my brother, there's this like horrible compressed photo of Sylvester Stallone holding the bow at the beginning on Genesis. We were like, whoa, this is the best graphics <laughs> I've ever seen. That's how not I, even making fun. We were unironically oh man, like, no, this is no, the no. Thing. I remember that. <laughs> I, I remember when people thought like full motion video is the shit. Like this is the future, man. Oh like it was a very, con- <laughs> it was very controversial. But also there were people that believed. Genesis did pull that power move back in the day when Super was like Super Nintendo was like leading the way on like you know the graphics front and all that. And then Mortal Kombat came out, and, mm-hmm. and it was like Genesis has got that blood though, and everybody's like, shit, I gotta. Yeah. Yeah. That was the yep, grown-up yep. game console. <laughs> and then they had Sega CD, and you could... Sh- you, like, I remember I was playing Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which I think came with it, which came with, like, every CD-ROM platform. <laughs> and it was the worst game, and it was, like, the most pixely, grainy shit. Like, you might as well have been looking like a photo covered in sand, but, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, are those actors in a video <laughs> game? How? You know, like... But, like, PC games have been doing that for ages already with the FMV yeah. games. I used to have this game, like, I don't remember what year it was, like, like mid-1990s. Um, we got an IBM Aptiva, and it had this four-disc FMV game called Silent Steel, where you are, like, <laughs> the captain of a submarine. And it's just, like, this bog-standard submarine story. <laughs> Where there's like this rogue Russian sub and you're trying to not get shot by it while you're trying, you know, while also trying to take it down. And it's basically just a giant ripoff of the hunt for Red October. Right. Um, Right. Except there's except like there's except like they're not trying to defect. They're just trying to to be villains. But the acting Mm. was so but the acting was like really good in it. And it would have you like constantly like make decisions and it was really impossible to beat. And like you would get. Like your your CO would get on the horn and be like, hey, uh, you know, I got new orders for you. You got to switch to disc four. And like, it's just <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. So like by the time consoles started doing that, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of seen this already. Mm hmm. Yeah. Sega CD did a lot of cool shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Night Trap. <laughs> I still have not Where's played Night one? Trap. It remind me of like Sewer Shark did that too a lot. You know, they would just like they would call in on that screen and just, you know, tell you your directions you had to go. Mm. I uh yeah it was and I mean obviously Snatcher you know I just remember seeing like I think it was John Jock Gibson's head was ripped off and I'm like I've never seen anything this gory this is the best you know whatever <laughs> which like <laughs> I almost didn't finish it too and I was because I was like an obnoxious 14 year old I think when I played it so it was like this guy's memory disappeared at the same time as the Snatchers. It's so obvious he's a Snatcher, you know, and that shit. And then, well, I didn't know who Hideo Kojima was at the time. So, oh, you yeah. were going to find out, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad I stuck with it because I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. You know, That's um, awesome, though, getting to play that when you're 14. Jeez. Yeah. I, yeah. It's 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 wacky because too like because you see like in the credits like Metal Gear and you're like what and then like Metal Gear is there as a character and you're like this is amazing like I love yeah. Metal Gear you know that kind of shit. Um, 
Yeah, and it's it's funny because like I kind of remembered the name Hideo Kojima, but then when you play like Metal Gear Solid, he's like very prominent in it. Even even like Psycho Mantis, like the whole like fight with Hideo, and you're like, yeah. Oh, and then I so this is one of those things. I don't know if it's like a Mandela effect thing. I could swear in the original Metal Gear Solid they mentioned Chernobyl from Snatcher as one of the three cities Liquid Snake's gonna blow up with Metal Gear. Like it was like Tokyo, Washington, I think, and then. I thought it was Chernobyl, which is like I think you're right. Where the we're Lucifer Alpha, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it wasn't in Twin Snakes or anything like that. It was just in like the original PlayStation One, because that yeah. was the original city, and then he changes it to Lopnor, China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, but man, oh, that was the day. Those were the days. And I like that was the other thing too because I played Metal Gear Two Snakes Revenge like the unofficial well yeah. the not official sequel or whatever it is you know Just and Snakes like Revenge. that was the thing because then like I had no idea what anybody was talking about in Metal Gear Solid then they're like what about like Gray Fox I don't know who the hell that is you know what like, about whatever. Cyborg Big Boss yeah, what the fuck say. like I yeah. thought that was canon <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly what happened to Nick and Dave or John rather you know <laughs> like those people <laughs> yeah we talked about that recently just like how like just starting on the NES games and that being the only experience with Metal Gear and then going into the PlayStation 1 games, it's like, wait, did I miss something? Or like, what what, what the fuck are y'all talking about? And then not oh, even yeah. knowing the existence of the MSX games until like way later, I was like, oh, okay, that that's what happened. Okay, this is just a shitty port. Okay, got it. Yeah, it was just like, and it's like, they, what do they do? They like give you like text you can read, I think, in the original Metal Gear Solid. Like there's like a nine or 11 page thing, if yeah. I remember. Yeah, and it was just none of it was familiar. I was like, "What? I don't, I don't Zanzibar land? What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, yeah, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not reading this shit, you know? <laughs> like, because I remember too, like even the 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 um the manual for Metal Gear Two for the NES Snake's Revenge was like wacky because they're like Big Boss has teamed up with the Ayatollah Kakamami, and you're like, <laughs> "Oh, got it. Yeah, take take that, Iran. You know, like." I, <laughs> Yeah, there's the whole Katafi thing in the in the NES right. version. It was just like, what what's going on here? Yeah, that's right. I wonder if that's, that's the that same does... writer as the Worlds of Power book. Yeah, Canon was screwy back in the NES days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, remember too? They had like notes in your NES manual. Like at the end, there's like two pages that were just like, whatever you want. You I know? never like, used those. Not I once. <laughs> I grew up in the age of GameFAQs, so. Anything that I needed, I wrote on like the piece of paper on the back of the game facts guide I printed. Oh, I I I grew up in the age of the NES hotline when it was toll free, and um, I used to I I I I love telling this story, but like I was so pissed off because when I was a little kid, I called in for Ninja Gaiden, which is a weird thing to call in about, but like I called the Nintendo counselor for help, and he was really obnoxious and corrected my spelling of or my pronunciation, but he got it wrong. I found out later because I was like, "How do you do Ninja Gaiden?" He's like, "Well, in Ninja Gaidon." Oh my god! And, oh boy! <laughs> I, know, I was like a little kid. Like, who cares? And now, like, I'm a grown man, and I could be like, "You don't know shit about Japanese." You call yourself a fucking Nintendo power counselor. <laughs> um, <laughs> I definitely called it Ninja Gaiden back in the day, though. Before I knew oh, any yes. better. <laughs> oh, same. Yeah, no, everybody did, but like. Yeah. It was like they had the Nintendo Power counselors and it was like little like almost like dating personal ads like below them. And it was like, here's Jeffrey. He once got three hundred fifty thousand points in Adventure Island. And like even as a kid, I was like, I guess that's OK. You know, like, I'm not going to be like, whoa, I want to talk to Jeffrey, you know. 
I mean, they, they <laughs> but, all get um, the same. They all get the same guides, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I, uh, I remember too. I like um, that you could like send in your high score, and I took a thirty-five millimeter picture of Super Mario Brothers three that I'd finished it, and I got it from a Japanese import shop that had like the little Famicom cartridges and everything, and they didn't publish it. And then I called in to be like, "How come you never printed the thing?" And they're like, "Well, you know, I mean." Uh, they tried to convince me basically it wasn't really Super Mario Brothers three. They're like, well, you know, Dude, it's a Japanese bro, game. How do you know? It bro, was you were about to like, fuck up the wizard reveal. I know <laughs> that would have been lit. <laughs> that would have been amazing. That would have been a story you you could tell your kids. Sorry, I didn't mean to like. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, how did how did that freaking? I don't care how good at games you are, but you can't know if the warp zone was there or not. I'm sorry. That's just, just, come on, the wizard. But you know, it broke okay. my mind years later when I realized that the wizard was just one giant commercial. Because when that came out, I was a kid. I mean, I thought that mm. was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, like, because oh, they you put were video being games on something in a movie. Are you serious? And they show you how to mm -hmm. beat it. This is the best. And then years yep. later, you know, I grow up and I'm like, oh, they totally got me. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Super Mario Brothers 3! It was funny because, like, I was, I'm never this person, but, like, I was, like, the IMDb continuity error guy as a kid watching it. Because there's, like, a point where they're at the restaurant and he's, like, playing Ninja Gaiden on, like, a table or something. And, and they're, like he's really good at the game. He's like a wizard. He like beat level one without getting hit. And I can see his health bar was missing three ticks. And I'm like, Hey, 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 that's not true. The wizard, you know, but oh, man. Yeah. And then like Lucas had the power glove and you're like, it's got to figure in. And it didn't. Cause yeah, it was a big commercial, but whatever. It's bad. No, no, really. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> We need a new iteration like, of the power glove. It's like, damn you, Fred yeah. Savage, you lied to me. <laughs> well, we got we got VR, I guess. <laughs> I guess. It's yeah, they did. The they did show those new uh, PS VR controllers. Those look pretty tight. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in. I'm in, I'm in on the VR train. I have PS VR and uh, I got a Valve Index recently, and like, I'm all I play on is Phasmophobia with my friends. Oh so, yeah, like, but you get that <laughs> extra item slot, right? When you play on VR. Mm -hmm. yeah oh, so yeah. you're just whole, you're just playing meta really plus if you know phasmophobia is janky as hell so it thinks i'm like eight feet tall you know yeah and like <laughs> if i if i drop an item i can't pick it back up i need to get my friends who to pick it up for me but you know <laughs> man i just hope they bring vr to like resident evil village that i need that in my life same yeah i uh i also um I played Mother VR, which is like the Alien Isolation VR mod, and it's like incredible. Um, um, I gotta get back to that actually. I don't think my heart <laughs> could take that. I had enough trouble with the game as it was. Yeah, I love Alien Isolation. I I play that constantly. Like, well, I did. I don't. I don't literally play it constantly, but I was really big into that game. That I that just oh my god that that is a heart attack simulator. Like the only I think that's oh, probably yeah. the scariest game I've ever played with. Like the the next closest thing being RE seven in VR. I loved RE seven in VR. That was so good. I um, I think like what I I think Alien Isolation is the best like horror game in terms of being a video game. Like it's got like really good replayability because the AI is like so different. Like you can really play it a few times and it's not it's like not similar like the things you have to do and stuff. You know. Yeah. Like I I'd, I'd probably still give the nod to Silent Hill too because you know I'm an annoying 
you know, like uh, hipster about that. But, you know, like I love Alien Isolation. So you may have seen this, but some of the developers who worked on Alien Isolation are a part of a new team now that is making a dinosaur survival horror game called uh, Death Ground. No. Yeah. Whoa, why? Whoa, whoa. Hold, let's slow the slow down. Here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Google and that. it's still pretty early, but they had a really successful Kickstarter recently. So you might want to take a look at that. That's everything I wanted. I always wanted a Jurassic Park. Game. Right. Oh my God. Like give Jurassic Park to the alien isolation guys and just let them go. Oh, shit. Yes. Oh, it my looks, God. It looks this amazing. Awesome. too. Like, just from, yeah. From the shots I've seen, it's like, holy shit, that's going to be great. So it's still early, but I'm like, like chomping at the bit for this. I'm, they also I'm, have that retro uh, dinosaur game coming out, too. Uh, fuck, what was that called? Like, everybody's making dinosaur yeah. games right now, and I'm all for it. I'm just tweeting, why didn't you tell me about Death Ground in all caps? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, raptors <sighs> stalking you instead of a, an alien. Mm. Yeah. I always wanted Dino Crisis was a lot of fun back in the day, you know. But like, I think we're, I think we're, uh, I think that's the next Capcom game. God, I wish. I'll believe you know, it when I see it. I was really sad I know, but when I, I got the. Why wouldn't they? I was really sad when I got the. Well, I wasn't sad about a lot of things about the RE3 remake, but I was really sad mm. that a Regina costume wasn't like one of the things you could unlock for Jill. Mm. Like that, Fingers that would have been a teaser. <laughs> Fingers, I'm just going to say, why wouldn't they is a question often asked of Capcom, and there is no clear answer. Yeah. There I'm, was a Dino Crisis mod. Like, Somebody did that. I am still not <laughs> over Mega Man Legends 3, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that still hurts. I, you know, it's killing me that they're doing an RE4 remake when I'm like, just redo Code Veronica. Dude, yes! Yeah, dude, Thank that's you. what we all said, too. I was about to say, yeah, if I had to die every it. time I heard that. You don't need to remake 4. It's still, it still feels new to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm it's, actually playing through six for the first time recently. Oh, I'm way. so sorry. That's a trip. Yeah, yeah. We just finished Leon's campaign. So. <laughs> yeah. Fun's over. Yeah. That's all. It's uh, it's quite schlocky. Yeah. It's, everyone told me how bad it was, and it's like I didn't believe them. I couldn't believe them. You know what I mean? It's just like so much is happening, and like people try to excuse <laughs> it. You know, they're like, no, they're all crazy. I'm like, no, not like this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. Like, yeah, from like stage that was to just stage. like, what the fuck's going on here? And the Leon <laughs> you know, campaign like, is the good one. That's what everyone keeps telling me. So we're moving on to Chris next. And I'm like, uh. and then and then like, I'm like, is there a secret fifth campaign? They're like, no, Ada was the secret. They just unlock it for some reason in the new version. I'm like, oh, the, all right. Thanks. Resident Evil, I guess. And then if you want to so. play it, if you want to play it with a, uh, with a with a friend, the Ada campaign. The friend is agent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh wait, you never. Okay, I take it you ever like they wanted to add a co op component to the Ada campaign as well because you know that's like the selling point, right? Yeah. So it's like right. instead of having like writing in another character, they wanted to kind of add here to her, I guess, like loneliness. So they um, when you load in on co op on her campaign, it's her, and then a, like a like a Kmart hunk. <laughs> whose name is just agent nice i gotta i gotta check that out then. yeah it's pretty schlocky uh but that whole game I'm, is uh, yeah if you don't mind me sneaking a quick plug in um go for it i oh, am man. 
I am streaming it uh, with my friend Diabetes. Uh, we do the we do the Retsu Pray channel. We stream every Wednesday, 9 p.m. EST. We do a co-op thing. And currently, we just finished the Leon campaign of Resident Evil. So we're moving on to the Chris camp of uh, Resident Evil 6. So we're moving on to Chris. We're just going down the line to Chris and yeah. Jake and then Ada. So it's a, it's a wild ride because neither of us have played it before. Well, that's the thing. You, you would think that it's like, hey, I mean, he punched a boulder in five. Like, how could it get any... You know, more crazy than that. And, and it certainly does. That's why we does, need to yeah. remake Co Veronica so everybody knows why Chris, like, mm -hmm. got swole. It's climbing that cliff. It's it's so weird too because then in seven it's like Redfield. I'm like, what's that? Is like brother or something? Like that's not him. Well, right, Wesker. Like, no, Wesker is dead. He Wesker's, got clean, man. Wesker's prodigy is <laughs> is is dead. Is like okay, I guess. So. He didn't need mm. the swole anymore. Well, I guess he got the swole back now that like Ethan Winters is in his life. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> yeah. I know everybody loves Resident Evil 4. I know it's the golden child, but that game to me was the beginning of the end for Resident Evil. Like that's when it all turned and that's what led us into six. And now that they're kind of bringing back like the shopkeeper and the 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 more uh, the the focus on combat in eight, like I'm getting scared again. Like, are we going, are we going back to action? Yeah. Like seven was, was so good. Like we finally got back to horror and like, I don't want to go back. It's that whole phase. Do that thing again. again. There was, I, I had a theory. That, oh, I was going to say that's like that phase of three again. Right. I think we talked about it before where it was like one, two, three, that was like B movie horror fourth. And yeah. like it got, it was, I mean, I'm not going to say three was bad, but it was like, I guess progressively less iconic. I don't know. And then four, five, six, that's the action movie. That's, you know, you could see the decline mm. there. And now we've got seven, eight, nine. I don't know if that's like the supernatural or how we want to interpret that, but you know, I don't know that cycle, man. I, I always figured it was a trilogy thing. And like, Four, I excuse a lot because I feel like before you know about like suplexing the monks and shit, there's like a kind of neat frenzy sort of horror to it where it's like I don't even have like a minute to rest and everything keeps coming toward me kind of deal. But then yeah. you learn how to play the well, game and it's like, OK, never mind. I think, <laughs> you know, but, right. I think a lot of people also forget sort of like the climate of that time. I always tell like I swear to God, everything in like the early 2000s, like it's so hard to explain how the climate was at that point yeah. for everything in that 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 part of like history. Anyways, uh, you have to like remember like the climate of the Resident Evil series at the time, because I remember like people were kind of done with the whole like tank controls and I liked Code mm -hmm. Veronica, but I remember like Code Veronica and Resident Evil Zero being not necessarily divisive, but, you know, just people, the, the people were getting less and less enthusiastic about it. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have indie developers making tank control games because everybody misses it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm working on a unity project kind of for fun and stuff. And like, I, uh, I was so happy cause I got like the 3d camera working and everything. And then I'm like, I just reinvented tank controls. It sucks. But like, you know, um, <laughs> But it was a programming accident, not anything else. <laughs> but yeah, slow beef. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and telling us all about all that crazy translation stuff, man. That's mm -hmm. that's a wild, tedious sounding uh thing. We we definitely all appreciate you know the hard work that you done. Oh no, um, anytime. I um and I, I definitely want to include like the Junker HQ folks because like I think because like I had some notoriety. A lot of people call it like 
slow beef translation like i've seen that like that torrent before like ian by slow beef and it was absolutely mark laidlaw who did the tra- the actual english translation and folks like artemio and uh meow the old programmer and uh Scarboy, like who like helped on it too and you know to say nothing of like all the beta testers and people like that you know yeah no but i'm, I'm always happy yeah, it's definitely a big team effort man but yeah for for implementing that and being the part of it that you are man like you know we we thank all of you guys because hey i got to play police not so <laughs> i don't think uh i would have been able to do that so i'm i'm always happy to, to nerd out about the translation project and everything so one last question on if it's okay to, yes mm-hmm. is kojima aware of it so I've heard two stories. One of them is Artemio went to get something signed by Kojima and was going to say something, but chickened out. And then his friend was like, you know, the guy who just passed you by or whatever, um, you know, uh, worked on it. And, uh, allegedly, he he said, like, kind of wryly, like with like a smile, I was like, well, that wasn't exactly legal. Now, was it? You know, it was like a little <laughs> like, okay, you know. You know, it's one of those things who the hell knows, you know, how much narrative was added to it. So I like to believe in that, but I've I've kind of made peace with the fact that I'll never really know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't come after you yet. So, uh, yeah, maybe they're just like, ah, that's fine. Keep your head down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if uh, they want to report you, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm at Slow Beef on Twitter. I'm Slow Beef on Twitch. I'm Slow Beef on YouTube. Uh, and if you want to read my Metal Gear strategy guide, it's on fnslowbeef.com. That's E-F-F-I-N slowbeef.com. Awesome. Cool. All right, man. Yeah, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, we thanks appreciate so it. Thanks so much. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me.